Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year, managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup, putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. It is a high school football Friday. A lot to talk about. I really wanted to talk a lot about high school football today, but that will not be the case. I really wanted to spend a lot of time today talking about Tommy Stevens earning the uh, the QB1 designation for Mississippi State football, but we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about that. I'd like to sit here and talk to you about the fact that Jake Mangum texted me last night to say that uh, after a rain-shortened game, he was on his way to see Nickelback for the first time, but I can't do that either. No, today is a sad day in Mississippi State Athletics. It is a sad day in the history of our fine university. It is a sad day for the Mississippi State fan base. 
And the reason that it is a sad day is because of the fact Mississippi State is being placed on NCAA probation. I'm going to let this sink in for a second. Unbeknownst to many of you, behind the scenes there has been a plea bargain of sorts that has allowed Mississippi State to kind of, uh, you know, kind of circumvent much of the NCAA enforcement process and pretty much go from a self-investigation to what is now being labeled as a negotiated resolution with the NCAA involving the case that is now labeled Tudorgate. Tudorgate. What I wanted to do today is we're going to take some time and we're going to go through what happened, what is to come, and what it all means. Because at this point, you know, it's like you hear probation and you begin to wonder what all the, you know, what all does that entail? The first thing, let me tell you, right out of the gate, Mississippi State avoids a postseason ban in all sports. So there will there will be a bowl trip this year. There will be an NCAA tournament this year, provided those teams earn those opportunities. There will not be a penalty banning Mississippi State from the postseason. And so let me go ahead and uh, and thank our good friends. Uh, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie there at Campus Bookmark for allowing us to bring you this show today, kind of explain to you guys, give you some context of what's going on, thank them, support them with your business. You know, they're paying the freight for you guys listening to this free show. Go buy, buy some shirts. If you can't make it to town, order online, go to campusbookmark.net, and by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little cash, promo code BSR. BSR will save you free shipping on orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. And I mean that. Appreciate you guys going and um, frequent our sponsors, allowing them to serve you. Uh, they believe in me. They've supported me. And, and it's not just me reading an ad. I have a relationship with these people. And so they're able, you know, they enable me to bring you this information and to have an opportunity to get out here and speak to you frankly and to provide a little bit, it's kind of set the edge on the narrative. Because right now, as you're listening to this show, there are many other people in the media that are just kind of getting up to speed. And so I wanted you to hear it from me. That's one of those things that I, that I think is important. When there is bad news within our family, I think it is best delivered within the family. So I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to go ahead and try to explain what has happened as best I can. Now, there's been a lot of talk on the streets. Some of it's been very accurate, okay? Let's go ahead and acknowledge that right now. There are a lot of people out there that uh, have heard some things, and a lot of it is absolutely accurate. Now, they don't know the whole picture, and a lot of people have bits and pieces, so I'm, I'm going to do my best to kind of paint you a picture here of exactly what's taking place. So, as you guys are aware, back in February, I believe it was February the 16th, I know that we were all at a baseball game. And uh, we were given a statement by Mississippi State uh, Media Relations liaison, Bill Martin, that uh, said that, that Nick Weatherspoon was suspended indefinitely due to an undisclosed violation of team rules. That suspension lasted throughout the duration of the 2018-2019 season into the NCAA tournament. There was some discussion 
that perhaps that Nick would be in reinstated before the tournament. That did not take place. Now, unbeknownst to many of you, we were hearing privately that there was some very serious concerns that there was a link between this issue between men's basketball and football that not only was there an issue with a tutor involving men's basketball but there also was a connection to football at that point we did not know how extensive the link was that is now into full focus so essentially what has taken place here, and, I, and, I, and let me go ahead and say this, preface these comments with, with the following statement. It doesn't matter who the tutor is. That absolutely does not matter. It's just like going to eat tree for, uh, you know, fruit from the poison tree. Yeah, somebody gave it to me, but you still made a decision to go eat. And these players, there should have been an expectation to be held to a higher standard. I, for one, am very, very grateful that Dr. Mark Keenum, Athletic Director John Cohen, men's basketball coach Ben Howen, football coach Joe Moorhead, believe in the honor code at Mississippi State. That everybody should be held accountable to that honor code. I have two daughters that are students at Mississippi State. I do not want them held to a standard above our student-athletes. If they run afoul of university policy and protocol, they will be disciplined. They will be called before the, uh, the tribunal, whatever you want to call it. They'll have a hearing, and they'll have to face that. And so these, uh, these players had the same issue. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But we had a situation where this tutor was taking, uh, doing some, completing some coursework uh, as part of an online course for some players in exchange for money. Now, we're not talking big money here, okay? We're basically talking college gas money and meal money, that sort of stuff, okay? And I'm not going to get into actual denominations, but I'll just share with you, we're not talking about large sums of money here. It's typically what you would expect to be exchanged between college students, right? And this person was then uh, getting the, uh, the student login, and completing some of the coursework. And there's some talk about you know how some of it was uncovered, but basically the uh, the Mississippi State Office of the Provost found out. How they found out is essentially unimportant. The bottom line is that Mississippi State found out there was an issue, then in turn notified the Office of the President then at that point, the because and here's I think probably an important lesson here. The compliance office, while it oversees the compliance of NCAA regulations and protocols for student athletes, is not a branch of the athletics department. They, you know, Bracky Brad and Steve Smith do not answer to John Cohen. They answer directly to Dr. Mark Keenum, because their job is to protect the integrity of our athletics program and our university. That's their job. They're not out there to run interference. They're not out there to uh, to play a shell game with NCAA. They're out there to act in the best interest of Mississippi State. So once that information was in the hands of the compliance office and people at the administrative level, at that point there was a very thorough self-investigation. 
I understand that as part of this due diligence, what they discovered was that the tutor had a unique IP address. And as they began to look through some of these issues, they found a connection that correlated with some of our worst fears. And that was that this tutor had done some coursework, not just for a men's basketball player, but some football players. Now, this is a uh, rather serious matter. And I know other people look at it and say, well, you know, Steve, it's, it's just some online courses. Well, you know, that's, uh, at the end of the day, people forget we are an institution of higher learning that, uh, that we actually, we have some sporting teams that we're all big fans of. But the integrity of the institution is always at issue. There is nothing bigger than the Mississippi State brand. There is not an individual, there's not a coach, there's not a sport, not a tutor. Not a fan, not an administrator. It is bigger than Mississippi State. Nobody. And so people have to act in the best interest of Mississippi State. So as they began to gather this information, there was a series of interviews conducted. And I understand that the football players came clean. Once they had once they were, you know, confronted with the accusation and said, Hey, look, here's what we've uncovered. They came clean. At that point, when you know you have the issue, you got a couple got a couple options here. You can play poker and have somebody extract the information from you, or you can go ahead and say, "Look, guys, hey, we got a problem." And that's what happened with Mississippi State. Is Mississippi State correctly and honestly contacted the NCAA? self-reported the issue, and then began to negotiate a settlement of sorts. We knew at that point there would be penalties. And so you begin to kind of work through this deal and say, okay, what is equitable? Uh, what is fair based on recent precedent? And the initial, the, the very, I guess the most recent precedent you can think within our conference is you know, Missouri had a, uh, an issue with a tutor there. And uh, one of the important distinctions that you can draw between this case and that case is, number one, that was a university employee at Missouri. And she, f- she said in her testimony, even though that uh, the NCAA did not uphold all of that, she said in her testimony that she felt pressured by staffers within the athletic department to ensure that student-athletes had their grades. And so you have a university employee there that uh, is, you know, acting unethically, and then it was a uh, it was kind of a contentious investigation of Missouri, and they ended up getting a postseason ban in football, uh, baseball, and softball. Now the individual in question in the Mississippi State case was a part-time student tutor. Had this been a regular student, there wouldn't have even been an NCAA issue. If it had just been somebody, you know, just somebody that there was some shared a class with, but because of the fact this person was uh, compensated as a part-time employee uh, to essentially a work-study program, then all of a sudden it becomes an institutional issue. There are kids all over the country today that somebody else is going to do their homework for them. When there is an institutional situation, then NCAA gets involved, and so. 
what you're going to read today and in the next week are people going to say, hey, well, Missouri had the same issue. Why did Mississippi State get treated differently? Well, it's because really the only similarity is the fact that you've got a tutor involved that has done some work they shouldn't have done. It was much more extensive at Missouri. Missouri is also a program that has had some recent NCAA issues. Uh, They are still appealing their penalty. But uh, today is more about Mississippi State. But that that will be the the initial comparison that people will throw out there. So let's go over, uh, you know, the rest of this deal. Okay, so after they do the due diligence and they they begin to negotiate with the NCAA, there is not a formal investigation. There is not, I mean formal, you know, there's not, it's not the, uh, the typical NCAA enforcement deal. You know, there's all this, uh, you know, letters of, uh, of inquiry and all that kind of stuff, and it becomes a very adversarial sometimes process. That was not the case. I understand this is one of uh, four or five. It's a very, you know, there are very few cases like this in NCAA history. And this is the first of its kind that has had an academic misconduct. It, it, again, it is a ne- negotiated resolution between the university and the NCAA enforcement staff to ensure compliance. And because of the fact that Mississippi State did the right thing, State is able to avoid more serious penalties. And the postseason ban, of course, being one. And that's not to say that State's getting off with a slap on the hand. And I'm going to get to some of that a little bit later. By any stretch of the imagination, State is not getting off light. This situation could have been much, much, much worse. But because of the fact that the provost office, or the I think the office of the provost is actually the technical term, did their jobs, notified their superiors, who in turn, in turn involved compliance and athletics, and you had a joint investigation between athletics and academics, all under the, you know, the supervision of the president's office to protect the integrity of Mississippi State. That's what's taking place. There's not going to be a formal hearing. We're not going to have to go up there and argue our case. And, and that's one of the things that I think people need to understand. This is coming out. It's kind of out of left field, and people are caught somewhat flat-footed. But this is over. This is over. There's not going to be a follow-up after this. There's not going to be another hearing. There's not going to be you know, an appeal. It's over. That's why it's called a negotiated resolution. It's essentially a modified disposition of the enforcement process. There was a problem. The NCAA was notified. There was a very thorough and complete investigation done by the institution. And those findings have now been accepted by the NCAA. So this is over. Now, there's still a price to pay. But you're not going to read, you don't don't have to wait for the other shoe to drop. Because this has all been handled professionally and ethically by your university behind the scenes. When your football players take the practice field today, they're going to have something to play for this year. They're still going to have an opportunity to go to bowl game this year. That's not always the case in these cases. As we know some folks up the road, and of course, their, their allegations and violations were much more egregious. But academic misconduct is not something that anybody is going to take lightheartedly. 
this is a black eye to the university and a black eye to our athletics department. And the sad thing about this is, is this is all kind of brought to bear by one person, one person with an idea to kind of help themselves. And they go to other people and say, hey, listen, here's what I can do for you. And then those people make bad decisions themselves. And they don't protect themselves. They don't protect the honor of Mississippi State Athletics Department. They don't protect the university. They don't protect their family's good names. And listen, everybody makes bad mistakes. But now you've got a situation here where you've got a dozen individuals that have acted in concert, and now all of us connected to Mississippi State have to deal with the embarrassment of this, have to deal with the aggravation of this, not to mention all of the work that's been done behind the scenes. There are a lot of people in athletics and the administration of Mississippi State that have enough to do already without having to spend the last several months navigating through all of this. And that's what you've got here. You have a part-time student tutor, and you've got some very young and impressionable athletes that are acclimating to college life that have made a very bad decision. And one of the things that I have consistently said on this show is that, yes, there are some several There are several people involved in this, but it's going to boil down to a couple of regulars and a bunch of young guys that are roster fillers and guys that are still kind of learning their way. That's true. That is absolutely correct. Now, I know there are other people out there, uh, the detractors of Steve Robertson and people like that and enemies of the state that will say that, well, you know, Steve's just trying to kind of mitigate all this, and that's, that's nothing from the truth. Uh, Matter of fact, if, if you're listening to the show, chances are you've already read the article. I've already written an article and put it out there for you. Uh, I have been working this story for months, and thankfully we got some information for you today. The university has made a statement. The NCAA has issued a report. You can go read all that. But But the crux of the matter is this. We had a student tutor complete online coursework for some student athletes. We identified the problem, took corrective action, notified the NCAA, and now it's time for us to pay the penalty. Before we get into that, I want to remind you when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company is a place to go without without doubt. Without a doubt. That's the best place to go break bread in Starkville. Your family will love it. Go in there and have the, uh, the spring rolls. They will make you better looking. And the world needs more of that. And I, I've shared with you guys, I've kind of been on a Lauren kick lately. I love the Lauren. That, that's a relatively new hamburger on the menu. I encourage you to go by. Enjoy the Lauren. Get the, uh, the the French fries. Get everything that you need there to feel good about life. A good restaurant-quality hamburger will change your whole mood in the direction of your week. And you're not going to find a better restaurant-quality hamburger in, this, in these parts other than Bulldog Burger Company. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's jump into the, uh, the actual sanctions. And I know right now many of you are kind of reeling a little bit. You're saying, hey, Steve, I, I wanted you to talk about Tommy Stevens, and we'll spend some time talking about that. But this is, the, this is the most important. This is more important than one quarterback decision. This is important than one position battle. And I think it's important that you get this information and kind of understand in context what does it all mean? What, what does it mean for Mississippi State? Okay, yes, Steve, we know we had the tutor issue. It's the worst-kept secret in the history of the university. But what does it mean for us? Well, I'll tell you. And it's not pretty, guys. 
I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, yeah, listen, we're going to be okay. Okay, we're, we're going to win some football games this year. We're going to go to a bowl game. That, that's going to happen. But this is not – these penalties are not light. Okay, this is not a situation where we can look back and say, whew, man, that's not the case. It's a very, very serious situation here, very serious. So let me go ahead and give it to you. Mississippi State will now serve three years of probation, three years. In men's basketball and football, three years. Let that sink in for a second, three years. We hadn't been on probation for very long after the Will Redmond stuff. And fortunately, we're not being tagged with repeat violator stuff. That's not happening. There's not that modifier, that escalator, that multiplier of your penalties. So three years probation. Mississippi State football will be docked four scholarships, two for 2021, two for the 2022 signing class. The Mississippi State men's basketball team will be hit with one scholarship, and that's in 2021. In addition to those penalties, there will be a vacation of wins, so any game that these ineligible players participated in will be vacated. The other team's not going to be awarded a win, but it will be vacated, including the 2018 Egg Bowl. That game will be vacated. And we're not going to return the trophy. And you go ahead and tell your Ole Miss friends whenever they say, well, we want the egg back. Well, you guys come over here and win the egg. Okay, we want it on the field. And uh, as soon as you guys go ahead and melt down that Sugar Bowl trophy, we'll consider uh, giving the egg back. But uh, we're not going to be giving the egg back. There will be some recruiting restrictions and a financial penalty, but the bigger issue here is the three years probation, the loss of scholarships, and then there is going to be a situation where there is a reduction in eligibility for the players involved. Now, Nick Weatherspoon's name is already out there. I mean, it is a reasonable assumption because of the fact that Nick was withheld from competition because this was uncovered in season for him. You know, his name is already out there. However, there will not be a release from the NCAA or Mississippi State University announcing the names of these football players. And you can argue, well, hey, well, why is that fair? Well, you're going to be able to do the math once we get into the season and you start seeing who's suspended and who's unavailable and that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, you guys aren't idiots. But there will be 10 Mississippi State football players that will miss eight games this year. That is factual. That is no longer speculation. Ten football players will miss eight games. Now, they may not all be the same eight games. You can kind of move some things around. I would venture to say that everybody will miss the Abilene Christian game. Everybody involved in this mess will miss the Abilene Christian game. But they will kind of mix and match a little bit. And I know that has been one of those topics that has been somewhat debated. People suggested that we were not able to do that. We are able to do that. We are able to kind of pick and choose. So if there are players at multiple multiple players at one position, you can kind of work a little bit around that. But with eight games on a 12-game schedule, there's going to be some overlap. On the men's basketball side, there will be credit for some time served, but there will be an extension of that. The penalty is 70% of the playing season, which will be approximately 10 games. And then that, 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 that part of it will be behind us. It's as simple as that. So the player penalty, again, in football, 10 players will miss eight games. I know most of those 10 players, and as I have said on this show for the better part of two weeks now, 
there are only two regulars. When I mean regulars, guys that are two deepers, guys that are we're, we're in the mix to potentially start or to be a prominent reserve at their position. That's two, that's two guys that we were counting on for sure. The majority of the players, and again, I'm not going to name names. You'll figure it out as we go. Majority of the players are younger guys that are running third and fourth team, and where that will show up really is adept on special teams and late in ball games. Not to mention the fact their own development is somewhat restrained. So, again, let me recap it for you. Three years probation for Mississippi State. No postseason ban in any sport. Three years probation. Four scholarships in football. Two in 2021. Two in 2022. One basketball scholarship for the class of 2021. And again, 10 football players suspended eight games. Men's basketball player approximately 10 games. And we, obviously, we believe that to be Nick Weatherspoon because of the fact he was withheld from competition. That's as good or bad as I can make it. But I believe, based on the information available at this time, Mississippi State absolutely did the right thing. This is a situation that could have absolutely run off the rails. It also is a situation that fell far, far, far short of what many people rumored it to be. All of that said, it is still a very stinging indictment on these individuals and the fact that they put the university, themselves, this fan base, and the programs they represent in harm's way is a shame. And the shame is all theirs. Now, one person can ask, well, well, Steve, what kind of oversight is in place to kind of prevent this sort of thing from happening before? Now, there are some steps being taken in, in that regard. And that will be a university decision and something that I'm sure they will share when they feel that the time is appropriate. I had a feeling that this was coming today whenever they made the decision. I say coming today. I, I, I felt something was coming today. I didn't expect NCAA sanctions today. I thought we would know something more about the suspensions today. When they made the decision to move Joe, Joe Moorhead's media session from Saturday to Thursday. Obviously a smart move by the university. You go ahead and let Joe have his, pro, his uh, you know media out for the week. And then all of a sudden this comes out the next day. And we don't see Joe again the next week. Uh, you know, And so some could argue and say, well, you know, you know, why do it then? Why not go ahead and let Joe face the music? Uh, this is not Joe Moorhead's mess. And that's one of the things that I think that, that it probably is the, uh, you know, the one, uh, one of those things that I think probably can't be stated enough is that no matter who the head coach is, there's no amount of oversight that can get everything. And there are a lot of people out there that don't fully appreciate the relationship between the athletic department and the academics portion. These tutors do not work for Joe Moorhead. They do not work for athletics. They're not going in there and sitting down with Joe and saying, hey, don't forget, so-and-so has a chemistry exam. So-and-so has this. There are people that have a job to do. This is not a situation where Joe Moorhead was asleep at the wheel. This is not a situation where Ben Howland, uh, you know, didn't do what he was supposed to do. These guys are hired to win. These guys are, are, are hired to graduate players. They're hired to, to turn boys into men. And the initial reaction is always, well, you know what? We didn't have these problems before you got here. 
And the fact of the matter is, you know, we've had a lot of problems before these guys got here. But this is our problem today, and the blame lies with the student tutor, the part-time student tutor who made a bad decision, and the players who compounded that decision with an even worse decision of their own. Not going to belabor the point, not going to continue to browbeat them, but the bottom line is the blame lies with them. There is all of this education that takes place throughout the year that many of you are somewhat unaware of. There are meetings that we have as a team with academic advisors, with media relations people, with the coaching staff. There are all these people that come in that invest their time and energy into your football program to protect the players. So, hey, guys, look, you don't want to risk your eligibility your ability to play, your reputation, your academic standing by doing certain things. So they are educated throughout the year to say, hey, listen, if this ever happens, you need to come tell somebody. If anybody contacts you, if a member of the media contacts you without going through media relations, if media relations doesn't establish the interview, if they don't handle that or facilitate that, then you know it's improper. If some guy just messages you on Twitter and says, hey, I want to do an interview, you don't do the interview. They have the academic advisors that will go meet with them and say, hey, listen, here is what is acceptable and here is what's not. If somebody offers to do this for you, if somebody offers to take a test for you or to do some work on your behalf, here is how you handle that. And so despite all of Mississippi State's best efforts, to educate the student-athletes about the dangers of these situations, they elected, these players, elected to take the easier, softer way. And now, as a result of that decision, Mississippi State Athletics is on probation. And again, let that sink in. Had this student tutor simply been a student, there would be no NCAA involvement. It's incredible, isn't it? It's absolutely incredible. Because this student was a part-time student worker. Then the university is on the hook for this deal. It's incredible. It, that, that, that's, that's how small it is. If it had been a guy's girlfriend just saying, hey, listen, Babe, I know you're tired of the practice all day. Let me uh, let me do some of that research for you and help you write that paper. It's no violation there. And listen, let, let, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not be Pollyannas, okay? We all know how the world works. There are kids cheating on this campus and others every day, every single day. I mean, it goes back to grade school. People copy off each other's paper. People talk in class. They pass notes. They have crib notes. People cheat on exams. That's the reality of life. The difference is, is when they do it, they get caught and it's handled internally. It's handled with the kid. It's handled with the teacher. Maybe you go stand in the corner. Maybe you get a zero on your paper and get a notes at home to your mom. When you do it as a Southeastern Conference football player, it's a bigger deal. They're held to a higher standard, and they should be. And I, listen, I'm always one that kind of errs on the side of caution when it comes to, you know, it's just like the Tommy Champion thing a couple days ago. Listen, all of that, Tommy Champion arrested for, uh, if, if, let me make sure I get this right. 
uh, driving with suspended license and speeding. I think he had an expired tag at an earlier time. All of that could be prevented. And I'm not going to sit here and rail on Tommy Champion, but the reality is that's part of maturing into adulthood is taking care of adult things, like ensuring that your license and registration are up to date, making sure that you have liability insurance on your vehicle. You don't take the roads without that stuff. That's what you do. You know, I, we've got all these kids in our family, all these driving age kids. You know, every, just about every time that I walk up the driveway, I'm looking at everybody's license plate to make sure I hadn't forgot anything. And thank goodness the tax assessor's office sends that little card, but sometimes I get busy and I miss it. But when these things happen, all of this is preventable. You know, Tommy Champion is a guy that's out there comp- competing at right guard and right tackle and was the guy that Marcus Johnson just said last week might even play more snaps combined than the other two guys because he's going to rotate between their two positions. And now all of a sudden, the week before we get ready to go play the season opener, he's arrested over something that's so unbelievably juvenile. It's it's hardly even worth mentioning. But the, here's the deal. Tommy Champion's not the only Mississippi State student that got pulled over and stopped by Campus PD for having, you know, uh, a few miles over the speed limit. If one of, a, of our kids gets pulled over for speeding, they get a ticket and they leave. You, if Tommy Champion or a Mississippi State football player you know, happens to get taken downtown for driving with a suspended license, all of a sudden it's news. It's newsworthy. And the problems that we got today, a lot bigger than a speeding ticket. Our football program, basketball program, are now on probation. So where do we go from here? Well, the main thing we do is we keep our nose clean. We get ready to go play Louisiana. We go beat them. And then we get ready to go beat Southern Miss. Because now it's time to go play some football. This chapter, while it is new to us, and really new to all of you, you know, again, we've heard some back-channel communication for a long time. This is a shocking day for many people. But come next Saturday, none of this is going to matter. What will matter is we've got a couple of guys that we were counting on to play in that ball game that won't play. We've got other guys out there we were hoping that you know, could play later in ball games and play special teams for us that won't play. And one of the things that I want to re- reiterate again, and for some reason there, there are some people that have a difficult time admitting the, that they're wrong. And I've been there at some points in my life. Guys, Keaton Thompson's not involved in this. He's not involved in this at all. And uh, his name has been drugged through the mud by some of our own fan base. And uh, I'm going to encourage you to stop that. Please, please, please stop that. Please stop spreading rumors, unsubstantiated and untrue rumors about Keaton Thompson. Please, for the love of God and for the love of Mississippi State, please stop doing that. He doesn't deserve that. And so that's a perfect time, I guess, for us to segue. Uh, Keaton Thompson, now QB2 on the Mississippi State roster. Tommy Stevens announced yesterday as the Mississippi State quarterback. He will be the starter against Louisiana Lafayette. A lot of pressure on Tommy Stevens. A lot of pressure. And what I mean by that is he is still the new kid. He comes in here. We we really don't know him. None of us have ever seen him play in a Mississippi State uniform. We've seen him throw around in practice a little bit. But we haven't seen the guy go out there and do it in a ball game. He is a very mature, level-headed guy. And I believe he's up for the challenge. But 
if we go down there and uh, he doesn't play well, there are going to be people calling for Keaton. You know, remember the last time we went through this? Do you remember what happened? And I hate to even bring it up, but I'm going to. In 2016, after Dak Prescott left, there was all this discussion. Listen, we all knew. Listen, it's, it's almost like the dog and pony show. You know, and, and the competition we had for quarterback this year was a more even competition and more of a true competition than what we had in 2016. Dan Mullen mismanaged all that and allowed that competition to, to linger into the South Alabama game and cost us a football game. But we all knew when Nick Fitzgerald went on the field and Dak Prescott had that final curtain call at the Belk Bowl after we destroyed NC State that Nick Fitzgerald was going to be the quarterback. But then there there was all this unrest. You know, and, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Nick Fitzgerald at the time wasn't, a, wasn't always the most popular guy in the locker room. Damian Williams was the guy that kind of ran interference for Dak. You know, Damian was the guy that uh, had kind of waited his turn. You know, a lot of people thought, hey, you know, listen, Damian deserves a shot. Nick was the better quarterback. Damian might have been the more popular teammate. And Dan mismanaged it. Okay, that, that's the reality. Let's call it what it is. Dan allowed that to linger into the, to the, set, the game against South Alabama. It cost us the football game, set the uh, tone for a really bad season, and, in, uh, and we had a divided locker room for a while. Because there are a lot of people out there, again, at that time, Nick was not going to win Mr. MSU. Nick has grown up a lot since then, okay? And that, that's not me being critical of Nick. That's just stating the fact. Damien was the more popular player among many of our players. A lot of those guys didn't have an opinion. They just wanted to go play football. They want to win. But that was a difficult situation. And we went through all this as a fan base back then, and there were a lot of people that had opinions about all of that. And I think everybody has a right to voice their opinion. I'm voicing mine now. Everybody should have the ability and the format to do that. But what's happened with this deal now, because some of the same people that were upset about how that whole thing played out are the same people that are upset now. And they say, well, you know, Tommy Stevens shouldn't be the starter. Keaton should be. And you haven't seen one play of practice. Nothing. Hadn't attended a practice because practice is closed to the public, right? So a handful of people to get to do that. And practice for the media has been closed here for the last week. But we were able to at least go in there and watch them throw it around a little bit. You know, we didn't get to see team drills or the scrimmages, and that's really where you know, that that's where the bread's buttered anyway. But a lot of these people are offering their unqualified opinions and saying, you know what, Keaton's not getting treated properly. Listen, I love Keaton as much as as, as anybody. Okay, that, he's a great kid. He got put into a difficult situation back in that 2017 Egg Bowl. Did the best he could bring us to a victory. It didn't work out. We had five turnovers in the game just didn't work out for us then he comes back shoulders the burden of this program and leads us to a win in the Gator Bowl when we were a broken people we had lost Nick Fitzgerald and uh to to essentially a code red right Dan Mullen had packed up and taken most of the staff to Florida we were still figuring this thing out we were reeling as a football program and Keaton Thompson stepped up and became our hero. And there are a lot of people, even now, that still feel a debt of gratitude is owed to Keaton Thompson for the class in which he conducted himself. 
and the way that he played, because he won the ball game for us. Defense played really well. But when the game was on the line, KT put the plays together to win the ball game. No argument. Then he comes back last year when Nick Fitzgerald was suspended, right? And then ties an SEC record for touchdowns accounted for in the ball game. Completion percentage wasn't the best, but he made the plays to win the ball game. And so I really believed last year, because there were some times, you know, that I, I felt like, you know, that like we're on the road at LSU when, when, when Nick is struggling as bad as he is. You know, maybe you give KT a series just to shake it up a little bit. Maybe just to let Nick watch from the sidelines. But also, too, maybe you light a fire under Nick and you give Ke- Keaton an opportunity out there. And maybe it helps everybody. And that, wasn't, that, that didn't happen. And I think a lot of people look back and say, okay, well, that's probably what I would have done. We had the benefit of hindsight. You know, Jim Moorhead's trying to establish QB1 there. He's trying to get Nick Fitzgerald going. And he made the decision not to sit him. And we put Keaton in the game against Texas A&M, and, and they were roaring at the time. We had a bad snap. I mean, just things things didn't go well. And I did not see that as a reflection of Keaton. I know some other people did. It, there were some people that just were so tired of the noise, they're almost happy that that series went bad just so they could say, okay, enough. You know, listen, Keaton had a, a chance in practice every day last year to catch Nick Fitzgerald. He did. Now, we talked to a lot of people within our industry that are at their practice sessions every day. Everybody said last year that Nick was well ahead of Keaton when it came to the ability to make the right read. And there were times last year, listen, you know, Nick would keep the ball and we'd gain two yards. And Joe would come out and say, you know what, it's the right read. And people would say, well, I don't know what that means. Well, what that means is, is that the numbers didn't, didn't favor us handing it off to the running back. People were forcing us to have the quarterback run the football. And even though Nick was a very capable runner, when you've got the speed of Alabama and LSU, they're thinking, hey, you know, listen, if we take away the running back and make their running game somewhat one-dimensional, we got a chance to really limit the offense. We couldn't make the throws down the field so the safeties walk up in the box and they limit our ability to run the football. It's a pretty simple game plan. And now here we are now. There's somebody else that has come in. And listen, I'm going to go ahead and say this right out of the gate. I want to make sure if you don't hear anything else I say today about this quarterback competition, hear this. Tommy Stevens is a more polished passer than Keaton Thompson. Now, Keaton has elevated his game this year. Keaton, to me, has looked better than at any point in his Mississippi State career. So he has risen to the occasion and provided some real competition. That said, Tommy Stevens is two years older than him. Tommy Stevens has more time in his offense than Keaton does. So it makes sense to me that he would be ahead of Keaton. Again, that's not being critical of KT. That's just the reality. It's not magic, it's math. You know, if, if I spend four years doing a job and you've done two, uh, I should be better than you at it. I should have the opportunity uh, to do a better job because I understand the nuances of the offense better. And so, but Tommy Stevens is the better passer. We are trying to transition to a more pass-happy scheme. Now, it does not take Vince Lombardi to make the jump there to understand if we want to throw the football more, if we want to be a down-the-field, attack-the-deep third, blow-the-top-of-the-defense offense with the passing game, we need to probably play the guy that can throw the football better. And again, that's not me being sarcastic. 
or hypocritical, but the bottom line is this. Tommy is the better passer. That's not an opinion. That's the facts. And I, I hate the fact, too, that KT didn't just rise up and take the job. You know, And that's one of the things in hindsight, I, and I thought about it when it happened. KT goes through the spring, and he is clearly the winner after the spring competition. He's well ahead of Garrett Schrader. He's well ahead of Jalen Maiden. And I really thought Jalen would make it more competitive in the fall because of the fact Jalen can sling it around a little bit too. He's not the runner KT is, but I thought Jalen would come in here. I didn't expect Garrett Schrader just because Garrett's still kind of a year removed from that labrum surgery and he needed a year or two in the weight room. He has really surprised me, to be honest with you. But then all of a sudden, you know, KT looks to be the guy post-spring. Well, then we go out and we start chasing Kelly Bryant, right? People, people forget that. We were chasing Kelly Bryant. And I don't know what that did to Kate Keaton's confidence, but I'm sure in the back of his mind he's thinking, you know what, Kelly Bryant's really good. If they bring him in here, I might not win the job. I'm going to have to really go play hard. Well, then Kelly Bryant picks Missouri. And then we start chasing Tommy Stevens. And so it is apparent that there is not a lot of confidence in Keaton from the coaching staff at this point in his career. That's not to say that he won't develop this year and become a more polished passer next year and be able to take the reins and run the offense. But he is this year, despite the fact that he won a job in the spring, we continue to bring in quarterbacks. And I want to make sure people understand this too because I think some people, we forget this. This is not the Boy Scouts, Okay. This is not Dixie Youth Baseball where everybody's got to go play their two-innings ball game. This is the Southeastern Conference. We are paying Joe Moorhead millions of dollars to go win football games, and then we want to sit back and be critical of, the, of who he picks to be the quarterback that he thinks fits his scheme when we haven't seen we haven't seen enough practice. And many of the peop, many of the most vocal people on social media have not seen any practice at any point. So the opinion is unqualified. And I get that some of it comes from a good place. But if Joe Moorhead doesn't go out there and win football games, we're paying that guy to win, okay? We're not paying him to keep the lobby clean in the SEAL complex. We're not paying him to go on the rubber chicken tour and just go raise money for us. We're paying Joe Moorhead to go win football games. And if Joe Moorhead decides, you know what, Tommy Stevens gives us the best chance to win, then that's what we're going to do. And that's one of the things that you know that I admire about some of the coaches we've had at Mississippi State recently. And it's one of the things about you know when Dan Mullen was here, I I, I I admired this about Dan. Other people didn't like it. I liked it. And Joe's got a little bit of this too. And I think the longer Joe is a head coach, I think that he will continue to kind of skew in this direction. But it's just like when we had all that stuff with with Jeffrey Simmons. It's all this unrest and all this national attention. All these people are being critical of Dan Mullen. And let me tell you this, Dan Mullen didn't hear it, didn't feel it, and didn't care about it. Dan's attitude was this. Listen, I'm the football coach, and this is the decision that I made. And if you want to go write an article about that or you want to go post on Facebook and be critical of me, you go right ahead and do that. But I'm the football coach. And that's what I'm beginning to see more of that from Joe Moorhead. Now, he's not out there being all argumentative and, and being quite as confrontational as Dan. But Joe's the football coach. We paid Joe to coach a football team. Now, when we're in Davis-Wade Stadium in two weeks, Tommy Stevens is going to go out there and Tommy Stevens is going to play well. 
and I hope that Keaton Thompson gets an opportunity to get in the ball game and play some too. And you know what? I don't know the best thing for Keaton Thompson. Keaton Thompson might can play in four games this year and preserve his redshirt year, take a redshirt this year and still have two years of eligibility. Keaton Thompson might decide, you know what, they, they don't want me to be the quarterback here. Maybe I need to go somewhere else. And you know what, if that's the case, I wish him the absolute best. I hope he goes somewhere and becomes an All-American. But the bottom line is my loyalty is to Mississippi State. Not to a player, not to a coach, not to an administrator. My loyalty is to Mississippi State. My loyalty is to the Maroon and White. My loyalty is to all of you. I am for Mississippi State, and I am for everybody else who is for Mississippi State. That, that, that's, that's the end of the list. If you're not for Mississippi State, I'm not for you. Simple as that. And so this issue is behind us. Tommy Stevens is the quarterback, and I'm there. And listen, if we go out there and score 30, 35 points against UL Lafayette and maybe there's some chemistry issues, we're not going to start Keaton next week. Go ahead and prepare. Okay, I expect us to go out there and play well. I think we're going to better run the football really well against ULL or Louisiana, whatever you guys want to call them. Uh, but I, I mean, we're going to go throw the football too. But, it, but if we don't go out there and score 75 points and Tommy doesn't win SEC Player of the Week, you know what? He's going to be starting next week when we come home at Davis Wade State and play Southern Miss. We're not going to do this musical chairs thing. We're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. Will they both be on the field at times? Yep. Go ahead and expect that. Will Keaton get to play some? Yeah. Uh, he'll have opportunity to play some too. But I think it's a situation we got to get behind this deal, okay? Tommy's a quarterback. Joe's a football coach. Either you're true maroon or you're not. With what we're going to face here over the course of the next few weeks, about Tudor Gate, we need a united fan base. We don't need a fragmented fan base out there and people saying, you know, well, I, you know, I don't like this. And, and just to be hypercritical. You know, listen, none of us wanted to be in this position, but here we are. We might have, like the old adage says, we all might have gotten here in, in different ships, but we're in the same boat now. And so we're going to have people that are going to be critical of us, people are going to be critical of the administration. How did this happen? You know, this is this didn't happen when Rick Stansberry was here. This didn't happen when Dan Mullen was here. And listen, everybody had their own share of struggles. But the shame in all of this does not reside with your coaches or your administrators or John Cohen or Dr. Mark Keenum. The shame of this resides with the tutor and the players who circumvented the process and tried to take the easier, softer way. And now we as a family will shoulder that burden together, and we're going to push forward. And this time next week, we're going to be on the road in New Orleans, and we're going to go down there and win a football game. And then this is going to feel like a, a distant memory. The more games we win, the less this is going to matter. And the best thing about this is, is once we get through these suspensions, and, and, and let me go ahead and, and figure your old Miss friends at the water cooler, you let them know we will be full strength when they show up. Everybody will have served their suspensions. When they get ready to roll into Stark, well, they better believe they're going to get a full dose of the Bulldogs. We're going to be good to go. But before we get there, we got a lot of important ball games to play. And we're going to need cowbells. We're going to need support. We're going to need tweets. We're going to need comments. We're going to need people out here saying, you know what? I'm a bulldog in good times and in bad. And while this is a bad situation here, I don't support this behavior. I'm not going to get out here and endorse this. I'm not going to say, you know what? We should look the other way because we shouldn't have. Because if we had, 
we'd be facing a lot more serious penalties than we are. But the reality of the situation is Mississippi State is going on probation for the actions of a few people who chose to cut corners. And Joe Moorhead will do his best to work around the penalties that are now being assessed to his football program through no fault of his own. He has gone out and has dressed needs the best he can to get this team ready to go win football games. And, and I will share with you some things that I've heard privately. Your team is kind of rallying around each other with all this going on. It's not news to them. that They didn't just find out today. They've understood they're going to be without some of their teammates. They've understood that all of fall camp. Some of them have known back since the spring. So this is not news to them. They don't need time to absorb it, okay? They're rallying around each other. They're saying, you know what? That's fine. That's fine. We're going to go win anyway. And I think that commitment and that spirit of brotherhood needs to be honored and respected by this Mississippi State fan base. And let's be more concerned, because I'm going to tell you, you know, Colin Hill, he's not involved in this. He's got nothing to do with it. But Colin Hill is going to go out there and try to have a career year for you, a career year for his family, a career year for Mississippi State. Tommy Stevens showed up in June. He didn't have anything to do with that. He's just a guy coming in here trying to win a job and trying to go win some football games for you. Isaiah Zuber, he don't have anything to do with that. He's just another guy looking to reboot his career and find a way to to go out on top and and really chase something and boost his stock as an NFL player. He don't have anything to do with that. Javante Payton had to take the scenic route through the Mississippi Junior College system. You know, he's here just trying to go catch some footballs and kind of revolutionize his offense a little bit and get the cowbells clanging. You know, he's going to need you to come cheer for him. And so the focus at this point should not be on these 10 players that have stained their own legacies. The focus should be on these kids that did the right thing, that will go out there and be capable and eligible to play in every ball game for you. They're going to go out there and play their hearts out for you and for Mississippi State. That's where the focus needs to be because this other stuff is not behind us. We just got to serve the penalty now. The trial is over. The accusations are over. All that's behind us. People are going to talk and let them talk. It doesn't change anything. But the reality of the situation is this. You cut a corner. You put other people in jeopardy. You put other people's jobs in jeopardy. You put other people's ability to win football games in jeopardy. You cheat the system. You cheat on your teammates. You cheat the game, and you'll pay a price for it. And this is something, again, this will linger on for a while. People won't, won't forget these suspensions. And I suspect these guys with NFL aspirations, this is something that will linger with them as they get on into their NFL careers and they go in there and have these meetings with teams. They're going to say, hey, listen, we're very, very impressed with your film. However, there was an incident when you were at Mississippi State where you tried to, to uh, circumvent the testing process and your school was charged with academic misconduct because of your actions. Do you care to address that? That's something that's going to be stapled to every in-game evaluation those guys ever have. I mean, it's one of those things, too, that the NFL investigators are almost like the KGB 
You know what I'm saying? It's like if you were ever at a party where, like, at some point, if you were ever at a party in a room where marijuana had ever been smoked, you were going to get asked about that. It's just how it works. I mean, these these people are not like criminal investigators. They'll go out there and pay for information before they go pay somebody millions of dollars. What's to say they won't go spend a few thousand dollars to get down to find out exactly what they need to find? But let's move on. And uh, we'll speak again on Monday. And uh, Monday will be uh, game week, and uh, you know I don't I don't know when we get announcements on these. I, I suspect it'll be game day. Uh, but the bottom line again, and I, and I reiterate this again for the record, it's just a couple of notable guys. Now you're going to know their names, but majority of these guys are running third and fourth team. That's not to say that we're not going to miss them, but it, this is not going this is not going to derail your season. That's the thing that needs to be understood. And the final point I'll say is this. Be grateful that you have the leadership you do at Mississippi State where you have Dr. Mark Keenum, who is a former Mississippi junior college football player who is invested in athletics and understands the importance of that as our recruiting arm. He understands that fielding competitive teams and championship quality teams brings in new students it is good for our brand be grateful that you have john cohen a guy that wore the uniform a guy that understands what it means to have that m over s over your heart as a coach as a player now as an administrator nobody loves mississippi state more than those two guys and i can assure you it is not just a job for them it is a passion for them they love mississippi state be grateful that you have people like bracky brett and steve smith that have relationships with the NCAA to help na- help us navigate through some troubled waters at times. And be grateful of the fact that you got some players out there that chose to do the right thing. That when it all went down, when, when everybody else decided, they decided to kneel, the majority of your football team stood up. Said, nope, not me. That's not me. That's not who I am. That, that's beneath me. That's not within my character. And now it's time to rally behind those guys. And let's go win a bunch of football games this year in spite of all of this. Folks, that'll do it for today. Remind you, this time next week we'll probably be talking football, but also, too, you'll be able to pre-order Stark Villains next week. I'll share that information. I just didn't feel like today wasn't the day for me to get out of here and stump and try to sell books. I want to share information with you. But until then, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.